Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To learn more about who we are as a community or to financially support Neighborhood, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Anita, and I've been a part of this amazing community since the very, very beginning, and I am so, so happy to be here and to share my story. Um, Well, I'm feeling the feels, and that's, that's one of the things that I love about this community is the fact that I have been encouraged the whole entire time that I've been a part of this community to feel your feels, Anita. Always feel your feels, and I grew up in in a life where it was like, that wasn't really encouraged. It was focus on the good and the positive and stuff down all the negative. And so um, in the last year or so, I cannot believe I'm starting to get weepy already. In the last year or so, I have been going through a lot of big and major changes in my life. Big, big, big. Um, And I have been learning through this last year of, of transformation and restoration that, that we can allow the ick and the hurt and the pain to come in and that it is really healthy and good for us to welcome in the pain because in doing that, there is beauty in it. And I have really experienced a lot of beauty. Um, In the last five years or so, I started a journey of of therapy and then at the time it was called faith walking which is kind of like a spiritual therapy but it's now changed into emotionally focused and so I was doing this journey and really deconstructing a lot of stuff in my life Um, where I was at spiritually where I was at relationally and really having to make some hard hard decisions and and turning some things around so that I could take care of me and do what was best for me at the time And it was hard and it was hurtful for a lot of people. Um, Yet, again, it was a journey that I needed to do because I I always grew up um, taking care of people. I was a mom at 17. I've had children since that, that age. And so my life has always been a life of pouring into others and not really fully taking the time to see that I have just as much value and worth as, as they do. And so learning how to take care of me is just as important because I cannot show up for other people if I'm not taking care of myself. And so about a year ago, I was in a place in a space of, um, of now I can look back on it and I can see that I was in a lot of pain emotionally. Um, I was at a point where I was in a relationship with somebody that I truly loved and we thought that we were going to be in this relationship for a long period of time and it didn't work out that way. We were not on the same journey and on the same path. And there was a lot of unknowing in it. But not only was that taking place, but I had gotten to a point of I, I stopped engaging and connecting with the divine as much as I was prior to. And I started using things outside of myself to cope. And one of them for me was alcohol to the point where I started abusing alcohol and realized that it had taken over my life and basically I had become an alcoholic. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for that because it really opened up a lot of things for me. It really, there's been a lot of really cool discovery 
in this process of the fact that um, I was physically, in a, I was 30 pounds heavier at the time. I was no longer exercising. And I think a lot of that had to do with COVID. Um, the fact that we were withdrawn from people and shutting down and isolated. And I am a people person. I love community. I love people. You know, Chris would always be like, Nita, we're having this event. Can you please be there? Because you can engage with people. And so when, when all of that just kind of shut down for us, it's, it's like I, I learned how to, or we all coped in the sense of like isolation and, and just kind of becoming a part of your own little family units and not engaging with people as much. And so in order to have a good time, my drinking with my partner at the time kind of increased, you know? And so alcohol slowly but surely crept into my life to the point where God kind of slowly went away and alcohol became my God. And it was more of, I mean, now I look at it as I call him my boyfriend booze, where I actually had to write a breakup letter with him um, over the last year. And it's like, I didn't realize how much I was using something outside of myself to help me deal with the emotional things that were going on inside of me. I thought that, well, I just need to relax. I'm going to have myself a drink or let's have ourselves a good time. And so we would go and we'd drink, you know, or, or my partner at the time, maybe he, he was revved up or ready to go and wanted to have a good time. And so I would join in even if I didn't really feel like it at the time, you know, so it became something that slowly but surely crept into my life. And about a year ago, some major things took place and the relationship came to an abrupt halt. And, um, I was overweight, not exercising, and I had just started to make this, this, well, I just became friends with my reality is really what it was. Nita, you are not living in the places and the spaces that you flourish and that enable you to become the best person that you want to be. So what is it that I need to do in order to take control of my life again? And so the boyfriend had moved out and now I am living in my big old house with me and my two dogs all by myself. And for the first time in 49 years, I was alone. And that stemmed back, that, that, that fear of being alone stems back to me, you know, for me way back when I was a kid of the abandonment piece where I associated being alone with being abandoned and, and the idea of living by myself scared the crap out of me. I couldn't, I, I, I didn't want to do it. And I think that that was a big part of why I hung onto the relationship as long as I did at that time because of the fear of being alone. And so when he moved out and I started then to really examine where I was at and who it is that I wanted to become. So my physical health became a priority and I started focusing on myself, my eating, exercising again. And then I tried setting boundaries with my boyfriend booze of this is what I'm going to allow you to do and what I'm not going to allow you to do. You know, I'm, maybe I can drink when I'm out socially with my friends or maybe I won't bring stuff home and I'll never forget the, um, that I set that boundary for myself and then I went and I helped my sister set up a chicken coop and had a beer with her and then decided to go to the liquor store and pick myself up a 12 pack of Trulies and brought them home. 
And it was in that moment for myself that it's like, Nita, you tried setting a boundary for yourself and you couldn't even keep it. So just becoming friends with that reality in the sense of like, all right, it's time for you to do something different. And it was really hard to accept the fact that, that all right, I became powerless over something. Because who wants to admit that? You know, that, that something outside of ourselves can actually bring us to a point where we become powerless. And honestly, folks, I don't care what that thing is. It could be food, it could be exercise, it could be anything. You know, it's just that some things are socially more ac acceptable than other things. And so when I finally became friends with that reality and realizing that, all right, the drinking has gotten to be a little too much, um, in May, I chose with that 12-pack of Truly that this is going to be my last night here at the house of drinking. And I remember going through my house and dumping everything out. And fear took place because, again, I didn't want to lose the thing that I was using to help me with my anxiety. But the reality was, as I've learned over the last year, that it didn't help at all. It actually made it worse. And so the big shifts for me that have taken place over the last year is realizing that I was using something to numb how I was feeling and how I had a lot of hurt and a lot of pain still that I had to process through. And to welcome that in and to actually allow myself to sit in it is a healthy healing thing. It was, it's, and I, I, I will never forget it. So I was going and I saw my therapist and, okay, so I've broken up with the boyfriend and we're no longer talking and I'm angry and I'm hurt and, and I just kept saying to her, I just want it to be over. I just want to move on. I just, I just, just, can I just be on the other, what do I need to do to get on the other side of this? What do I need to do? <clears throat> Excuse me. And she's like, you need to give it time. And you need to welcome in the grief. And I'm like, that is not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> not at all. So I can, I can remember a few days later, I was laying in bed and watching TV, getting ready to fall asleep. And then out of the blue, this overwhelming sense of grief just welled up into my soul. And I remember laying there, and my first instinct was, was just like suppress it and push it down. And, and it's not here. It's not here. But instead, I was just like, okay, I welcome you. And I allowed myself to fully feel for the first time the full extent of what that grief felt like. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that God was there in that moment with me. Because on the other side of that grief, as I allowed myself to process through it completely, I experienced so much peace that I, I, I can, I'll never forget that moment. The peace was a beautiful thing. Now, I'm not saying that that grief stopped or ended right in that moment, but it became less because I continued to practice welcoming in whatever hurt or pain that I was experiencing in those times. So today, as I can look back on my life in this last year, I have learned so much, so, so much that I, I'm just, I am grateful. I am so grateful. I have realized that I am the creator of my life. That we, that I have a God in my life who 
he will give me opportunity to do things, but he's not going to make it happen for me. And I think that's where I would get stuck and hung up, is that I had this relationship with God and that God was going to tell me what it was that I was going to do. And he was going to guide my steps and make the decisions for me. But I have really become friends in this, with the this reality of the sense that if I have free will, then in the end, the choice is on me. And I am the one that has to choose what it is that I'm going to do with my life. Acceptance in the sense of this is who I am, this is where I'm at, and I am doing okay. I am doing just fine. The fact that um, I've realized that somebody had said to me one time that if you are in the past, that can lead to depression, if you are in the future, that leads to anxiety. All we have is today and to learn to become present in our today. So I have been super intentional on, okay, what is it that I am doing today? What is it that I have control over today? And accepting myself for exactly where I'm at in this moment today. Closing my eyes, taking a deep breath, exhaling, hearing the things that are going on around me, and fully trying to become present. I wish there was no snow on the ground because I would walk around barefoot. You know, trying to ground myself and connect to the divine in the sense of not only my father up above, but Mother Earth here down below. You know, I've got these um, affirmation cards that I got from a girlfriend, and one of them was connecting with nature and to go out and hug a tree. So about a month or so ago, I did just that. I went out to the end of my driveway, and I had this big pine tree, and I went on it. I'm sure I look like a lunatic. Here I'm out here at the end of my driveway, and I am wrapping myself around this tree and trying to get a hug, you know. But, but there was something beautiful in me hanging onto this tree for dear life. There is something beautiful about nature where it's like it's, there is, it, it grounds us, and it connects us more to God than we realize. So take the time to hug a tree. You might be amazed. You might be amazed. Um, fully honoring my feelings and my emotions. You know, I'm tired of people or establishments telling me that how I feel and what's going on in my life is wrong. There's nothing wrong with how I'm feeling. If anything, I've learned that the things that I'm experiencing and feeling, there's an indicator of something is up. And so tune into that and become curious. You know, what is going on? Why am I feeling these feelings? And really try to take an inventory of yourself as to why you're in that place in that space. Um, that there is beauty in being uncomfortable. So many times we don't give ourselves permission to be uncomfortable. But again, it's an opportunity for curiosity. That my alcoholism was not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not, it's not my problem, but it's actually a symptom of a problem, something deeper. You know? And so tuning into, you know, what is it, what else is it that I'm using? You know, as I as I have chosen a sober life, I I am very aware now of 
you know, am I doing anything else in my life currently now that I am sober that is going to become a void filler? You know, am I trying to use something else to help me deal and cope with what's going on internally inside of me? That um, I am a human, well, we are all human beings, but I now like to call myself a human doing because I'm actively doing the work to become who it is that I feel that God is inviting me into. Um, That I can trust God. I have had experiences for the first 45 years of my life prior to me starting to do the work a little over five years ago where men and relationships with men were a big issue for me. My mom and dad divorced when I was eight and my mother married somebody else when I was 13 who was an alcoholic. And so for me, trusting men has always been an issue which then I place that on God because in my mind and how I grew up, God is this male figure and I see him, you know, as a gray haired bearded man in a robe that is very, very authoritative. And so for myself, trusting men is a huge, huge issue. Yet I now feel like every single day I am choosing to trust the divine and What does that look like for me? Being willing to be open to different ways of spiritual practices to help me to continue my connection with the divine. One of the things that I had learned in a meeting here not too long ago um, is one of my friends works at um, a treatment center and something that the Native Americans believe is that... uh, your tears are, when we cry, our tears are healing our soul. And that whenever anybody cries, we should not touch them and try to console them. Now, I have this mothering thing about me that when somebody cries, I want to go up to them, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, leave them be. Do not touch them because each tear individually heals our soul in a different way. And I just find that so beautiful. Choosing to um, be very selective with my relationships. That it is okay if some of the relationships that I have currently in my life die off and die away. Because they may not be on a path that I'm going, you know, but to surround myself and to have an inner circle of people who are truly going to honor what it is that I'm doing, but that I'm also honoring their journey and their path as well and to support them in it, but that they truly can show up and support me in the ways that I need. That my next partner in my life is going to be somebody who's going to be on their own individual journey as well as myself so that as we are individually growing and doing the things that we need to do, that we can come together collectively and enjoy each other's companionship and be a part of one another's life, but that this is my path and my journey and that I do not have to look outside of myself for love to fill me up because I am enough. And that has been my biggest, my biggest takeaway from this journey in the last year is that 
I am worth loving myself. And I have been learning to love me and to accept me. And so a lot of the things that I do in order to affirm the fact that I love myself are things like this. My I am strong mug, right? Or telling myself, looking at myself in the mirror and being like, Nita, what you think and how you feel matter. That you have value and that you have worth. That your words speak life into other people. Now, when I first started doing this practice of trying to affirm who I am as an individual, I did not believe a lot of the things that I was saying to myself. I really didn't. Because I had this storyline in my head of the fact that I really didn't have nearly as much value as the next person, that my kids mattered more to me my, or m more to the world, that my spouse was more important, that you know these people outside of me were more important. But I've truly come to realize that I am just as important as the people in my life. And so self-care, me doing the things that I need to do to make me feel whole, those are just as important as other people's doing the exact same thing. And I, I, I love um, how even, even in this journey that in order for me to become who it is that I need to be, that I, I'm the one that has to do the work, that I cannot rely on anybody else outside of myself to do the work for me, that this really in the end comes down to me individually. And when I look at, at hmm, when I look at Jesus, the parts that really help me are the fact that even though I may, may feel like I'm a hot mess right now and in this moment, he sees me and he loves me in my hot mess. And he always has for all people. If we look at the stories in the Bible, he showed up and talked to people who were considered less than whether it was the woman at the well who wasn't worthy of being talked to, according to the men, who was um, the woman who was bleeding and just was you know, trying to grab onto his rope for dear life, or the leper at the gate, or the man sitting at the fountain needing healing. But every single time that he had an encounter, he always called them into action. Go and do, go and... He invited them into taking action for their own life. We are worth the work. We are worth it. So the invitation that I have for you folks today is this. What are some things that you use in your life that may be symptoms of something that runs deeper that you may be using as coping mechanisms? Or what are some things that you experience that makes you feel uncomfortable, where you have fear about it and you don't want to sit in that discomfort? I would like to close. Um, if you would mind um, standing, I would like to do a welcoming prayer. So if you'd like to join me in standing, Welcome, welcome, welcome.
I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions just as they are. I let go of my desire for power and control over others. I let go of my desire for esteem, approval, and pleasure from things outside of myself. I let go of my desire to change any situations, condition, or person outside of myself. I am open to love and the presence of the divine and his guidance in my life. I am creator. I am love. I am abundant. May I be present in this day and fully live. Amen. Thanks for being here, everybody, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.